Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So what I'm thinking for an intro, guys. Okay. Yeah. So you know how um, Dune is pronounced Dune? I thought it was pronounced June. No, 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 no. It's actually pronounced Dune. Oh. Isn't that right, Jack? Yeah, yeah. So it's pronounced Dune. Dune. But I like the um, the way you say June better. It's, it's, June. It's, it's, June. It sounds better. June. So, yeah, June. June. Not not June. Not like the, 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 the month of the year. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's June. Throughout the whole episode, we just call it June. Yes, June. June? Not Dune. Not Dune. I'm I more like of a Dune, Dune, Dune guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, wait, you're more of a Dune guy? Yeah, it's less effort. Dune. Dune. It sounds wrong, though. It just sounds wrong. I find that Dune is more effort to say than June. Really? Yeah. We're not arguing what you're saying. We're arguing June. between... Wait, do you Dune? think I'm not saying Dune? Dune? I'm saying Dune. Wait, are you saying Dune or June? Dune. I'm saying Dune. I heard Dune. What? Welcome to Only But A Goodie, the only show where we argue about the pronunciation of something that doesn't matter. It's Dune, Today, by the way, and it matters greatly. <laughs> a great. Deal. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up a Frank Herbert interview and see how he says it. <laughs> I'm joined together by uh, my favorite co-host, Sandro. What's up? I'm a yeah. Whoa, favorite. A coon, dude. <laughs> You're a cune dude. Cune. And, and we're joined by our uh, second favorite co-host, Jack. How you doing? Hey. Oh, I love the vote of confidence. Second favorite <laughs> out of two. <laughs> love I'm that. Mostly because uh, no one else has co-host yet. But I presume you'd be pretty good. I mean, I say I say Dune pretty good, so... Yeah, I'm kind of thinking you might be heading to number one during this episode. That's fair. Sandro's kind of hit a downward spiral. Right Look out, Sandro. I'm, I'm going to all about Eve this, this shit. <laughs> oh, no. Well, the arc of this new season is that we are uh, auditioning new hosts of the show, so... Mm. Oh, really? You know? So, uh, get ready... Yeah, get ready for next season. You might be in the running to uh, yeah. run this entire show. Well, I'd rather... You know you know what I think would be uh, mm. really good for your podcast? is if you did kind yep. of like a The Voice style thing, where it's like you yep. don't know who's the extra uh-huh. host, like the special yep. guest... You don't get their name. You just co-host right. with them, and they can't tell you. At the end, you you pick your favorite, and that way you're not like biased. It's gonna be really hard to try and invite them on the show and get them to be anonymous. We could do it. We could hire. We could hire Jack to be our producer, who just goes around getting people to come into the show without us knowing <laughs> who they are. I'm just gonna put myself in every episode and de facto make myself the third host. <laughs> It's just it's just you doing different characters each week, trying to play it straight. And like I don't even it's change just... my voice, I just put on like a mustache that you can't see because yeah, it's all exactly. over the sky. It's just for us with our webcams on. Well, this week we're we're watching a Doom. No, it's That's how I say it. <laughs> Sorry, that was Yep. 
Is that how you pronounce it? Nice. Well, that's my opinion of this movie, because it's not <laughs> very... Actually, I enjoyed it, to be honest. I enjoyed it a lot. Um... I enjoyed it, but but let's be transparent. Uh, it was a chaotic piece of gutter trash. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I disagree with the gutter trash bit. The chaotic bit I have to agree with. <laughs> I am forced mm. to. You know, you know, you know. You have an interesting um, movie when you have to lead with its redeeming qualities. Um, mm. I think it's. Uh, I love the sets. Yes, I thought they were mm. awesome. The special effects were terrible, but the sets and like practical effects were awesome. The practical effects were all good. Obviously, the CGI doesn't hold up, but that goes with any CGI in any. No, but. It was pretty funny a lot of the time, the CGI, so I could give it a pass. Yeah, it was very funny CGI, like the shields and stuff. But <laughs> but also the the like overall feel of it, I feel like they didn't like abuse CGI too much. Hmm. Ex- except for like green screens, which were pretty unfortunately uh yeah. apparent. But they didn't like they didn't go like we'll animate the worms. If they had done that, I feel like this movie would have yeah. been ruined by CGI. But they just had enough CGI that it's like, oh, that's bad CGI. But it didn't it didn't ruin it for me. And there was only like one shot where I was like, oh, this was clearly shot in a sand pit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think for for a movie called Dune that was made in the 80s, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I really felt like they got the desert shots down packed. I thought they were really good. Yeah, no, this movie, yeah, like, it looks pretty good for the most part. I think a lot of the actors are pretty good. Like Gurney. Uh, we'll get to it when we talk about the directing, but obviously there was some producer stuff going on behind the scenes that really messed mm. this movie up. That is unfortunate. But I guess we should probably start off by saying what our thoughts on the book are, because we've all read the book. Mm. I'll start. Who read it? I think Zach actually probably would have read it first. You read it quite young, didn't you? Yes. I think this was... Uh... I read and it was read to me when I was about seven or eight. Oh. Um, because my parents are baller. So this was super nostalgic for me. But as a kid, this is this is what this is what shaped me as a human being. Stories of fantasy like this one, where you've got like this uh, this dune planet in space and this freaking giant worms and this guy gets, like, psychic powers and controls the universe or something. Yep. I don't know, it's a little vague. But <laughs> as as an eight, seven-year-old, it was amazing. And it's one of my favourite books, uh, alongside uh, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit. Uh, what was that one movie? Harrison Ford was in it. Uh, oh, Ender's Game. Yeah, Ender's Game. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, Ender's Game was another one of my favorite childhood books. Oh, that, that that's interesting because with the the book, like pretty much everyone I've talked to who has read it, you don't really know what's going on for the first like hundred pages. So, so as an eight year old <laughs> trying to understand everything, that sounds like it was a bit of a mind. I don't know. It sounds like it would like give you a headache. My 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 mind was young and malleable. Yeah. So it just sort of absorbed the information. You just accepted what you were told blindly. Yeah, literally, I just sat there and accepted the story. And yeah. luckily for me, that's really good because it gets, it like, sort of semi-explains itself near the end. It gets there. And you haven't read any of the sequels, right, Zach? No, I haven't I haven't read any of the sequels, yeah. Because, one, my parents didn't read them to me as a child for some, for some strange reason. But also... 
I don't think I had much of an interest as I heard they weren't as good as the first one. All right, Jack, what are your thoughts on the book? I think I, I think I was like, yeah, a bit old. I think I was 18. I, it was probably first mm. year of uni when I read it. I loved it. I, I, it's like 400 pages, right, June? About that, I something, think, yeah. Something like that. I loved the first half of the book, like way more than the second half. I like that like slow kind of, I don't know, like mm. psycho spiritual scheming. <laughs> How... Yeah, yeah. The like the houses and the like manipulation of things that are going on. And there's these like witches in the background pulling yeah. the strings. Yeah. Actually, no, I remember awesome. I loved the first 300 pages and then the last 100 pages, they felt rushed. Yeah, yeah the time jump and everything does feel, yeah. And then you've got... Yeah. It does feel quite rushed, yeah. It is a bit. I feel, I feel the ending is rushed. It's just a sort of a finish to the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you read the sequels, Jack? Yeah, I read uh, Dune Messiah. What did you think of that one? It was alright. I might have to go back to it. I, like, mm. I wasn't super into it, but... Yeah. Um, mm. I have a friend who really likes it, so maybe I need to give it another chance. Well, I I read it uh, earlier this year, because, spoilers, we knew that we were doing this episode. <laughs> There's absolutely no way we were not doing Dune. Exactly. Uh, I think you mean Dune. Um, I think you mean Dune. Uh, uh, my controversial opinion that's going to get me shouted at is that I don't think Frank Herbert's a good author, but uh, the story is very good. The story, the concepts are excellent. I just think that every scene being an exposition-filled conversation and then all the action just kind of being skipped over isn't a good way to write a book. You're free to be yelled at by the internet. I think uh, I've been I've been ruminating on this recently, and I think a good skill mm. to learn, as we're like all 20-something young adults... Teach us your, wis- teach us your wisdom, oh wise Jack. ...is to yeah. hold an unpopular opinion with grace. And I think, yeah. Sandro, <laughs> you've done that. You weren't needlessly antagonistic, and you know what? You might be right, Sandro. On the other hand, you might also be wrong, Simon. (laughs) On the other hand, I might be wrong that this classic that people love, (laughs) I don't think is a 5 out of 5 book, but... I see what you're getting at. I think, like, the concepts Mm. are better than the book. I feel like like that happens a lot with a lot of books, where, like, there's a lot of cool concepts... And sometimes the execution isn't fully... It doesn't quite do the concepts justice. Mm. But I feel like these books, again, I'm a big fan of them. I haven't read them for a long time, so I'll have to obviously go back and actually read it again. But I I feel like he did the concepts justice. Maybe not the best he could have, but definitely. I think in terms of concepts, he did the fate stuff really well like mm. when you're in when you're in Paul's mind and he's like I hate that this stuff is gonna happen but I kind of have to ha- like make it happen to like save our lives all that stuff yeah the, like the spice fever dreams yeah it's it's so cool and that's the one thing about this movie that I think that it really doesn't capture well at all uh, is is that sense of he doesn't really want to go down this path, but is forced to. Everything else, I think, it's captured okay, but that they just kind of skipped over. Yeah, I agree. Because there's a new, there's actually, I don't know if we we're going to speak about, but there's a new one coming out next year. Mm, yes. With uh, well, the villain. Uh, do you want Do you want to tell the little story about that one, Sandra? Well, it was meant to be out now, and we were going to be doing like. A comparison. That was the idea, was that we would, like, compare the two with Jack on board. We'd all go see it together. Uh, that didn't happen. It's out October yeah, next we'll year Yeah, we'll be now. in person, <laughs> you know. 
within five meters of each other and yep. just coughing on each other's faces. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, as we normally do, but uh, wiping saliva um, in each other's eyes. Mm, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, just like the Baron when he spit on the layer. Yeah, <laughs> and just like you know, remember how how we used to do before before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Actually, what you, you're right, Sandra. Though, like, I really didn't think they executed. Um, those like internal monologues that Paul had, yeah, well at all, and it, it got me thinking. Like, I wonder how the Villeneuve one is going to do it. I hope he goes all Anakin Skywalker. Oh God, <laughs> just moody teenager, <laughs> just like hates everyone, hates everything, and then turns to the dark side. Zach, you obviously picked this movie, and you had quite a few other choices this week. So I'll very quickly go through those because quite a, a lot of them are notable movies from '84. Uh, one was mm. called The Cotton Club, period drama about a bunch of characters who go to a club in New York, and they all hang out, I guess, and drink, maybe gamble. Ooh. Then you also had A Passage to India, which is about the rising tension between Britain and India. Classic movie. I think that's from the director mm. of uh, Lawrence of Arabia, so it's probably a good one. Mm, sounds interesting. <laughs> Uh, runaway police officer is assigned to track down some dangerous robots while a mad scientist hopes to profit off those robots that sounds like trash i i really wanted to do that one but unfortunately it had dune next to it so i couldn't pick that one there was starman john carpenter kurt russell movie about an alien that comes to earth mm. also frankenweenie which is a short film so it doesn't count but it's a tim burton thing about uh, a dog but it's frankenweenie uh, and then you also had <clears throat> speaking of very popular books that were turned into movies 1984 uh the classic george orwell book uh, the, the movie that is based off that starring john hurt which i saw and i know you haven't read the book so definitely do not watch it until you read the book because you will have no idea what's going on. Mm. They There is zero exposition in that movie and they explain nothing. Oh, well, that's good. But anyway, let's get into Dune. Uh, it was released December 19th, obviously based off the book by Frank Herbert. Uh, work on an adaptation actually started as early as 1971. There were three big directors who went to make it. The first was Arthur P. Jacobs, who did the first Planet of the Apes movies. He tried to get it made, but that failed. I think that could have been a cool version. Mm. Uh, there was also the art house uh, filmmaker Alejandro Hodowski. Uh, he tried to make it happen, but did not. There is a documentary about his version. Yeah, Jodorowsky's Dune. That is fantastic. I saw it um, a couple of weeks ago. It's a great documentary. Have you seen it, Jack? Jodorowsky's Dune... Like, Yodor- the guy, what's his name? Alejandro Yodorovsky. He's so, like, charismatic. But he's also just telling you about a movie that wasn't made and how great it was going to be. <laughs> so That's pretty like- much most of the time. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I was going to get Orson Welles to play, <laughs> to play the Baron. That would have been great. Which would have been really cool. Uh, so that, yeah, that version didn't happen. Then after him was Ridley Scott, who of course did Alien and Blade Runner. He tried to make it happen, but that failed as well. Uh, I think that version probably could have been okay. But yeah, eventually David Lynch was uh, hired to write and direct it. This is his third ever movie after Eraserhead and Elephant Man. Uh, the problem with him, though, is that once the movie was released, he very quickly said, I want to disown this movie because the producers and finances kind of ruined it. And I didn't get the final cut privilege. So what you're seeing is not my vision at all. Uh, so that's great. 
That then led to his name being completely removed from the movie when the extended cut came out in 88. His name was replaced by Alan Smithy, which is a name that directors use when they don't want to be associated with their work. Mm. So, yeah, he hates this. He hates this movie. Well, that's good to hear. You want you really want that with your directors, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll just throw it out here. I really liked his uh, flair on this movie. I'm a big fan of the David Lynch... Just like fucking bizarre bullshit, <laughs> just sometimes goes on. Yeah. It was great. David Lynch is um like commonly hailed as like a genius, and he might be. I don't know. <laughs> yes, but he also might be just like just weird in a way that people receive as genius. Like it might just be the babblings of a madman that's like received as genius. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I agree with both points. I mean, I have seen the episode of Twin Peaks The Return that is nothing but, like, lights and sound, uh, and that's it. So I think you might be right, but I also like it, so I don't know. He might accidentally be good. He might accidentally (laughs) be creating good film. I think he's a mad genius that shakes the bottle that is his brain and pours out whatever comes out, you know? Yeah. Um, And then sometimes it's good, sometimes it's uh, whatever that you know, space alien thing was <laughs> with the, 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 the navigator. That is the weirdest addition to this movie, isn't it? What is the navigator? <laughs> well, the navigators are in the books. They're in the books. It's just like, we don't see them in the books, obviously. I don't think they're ever, like, described how they look in the books either. They're in, um, they're in Dune Messiah, and I'm pretty sure they're not, they don't have... <laughs> Weird, like, butthole mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Slash nose? Was Ah. it a nose? I, I, yeah, I didn't know what was going on with that. They don't look anything like what was described, so... (laughs) For the cast, the beautiful Kyle MacLachlan is Paul Atreides. This is his screen debut. He hadn't done anything before this. Uh, Obviously, he went on to be in Twin Peaks. He was in Blue Velvet. We saw him in The Flintstones last year as well, in our show last year. Uh, I... Is he too old to be Paul? Uh, maybe a little. I don't know. I kind of believe, and particularly in that first scene where you see Paul, I believed him as like a... I'd say he, he more has the like 18, 19 look. Yeah. But again, we're never told his age throughout the movie. And obviously in the book, he would probably be a lot younger, but perhaps in the movie, he's just a little bit older. Again... Have you tried suspending your disbelief, Sandro, for two goddamn seconds? No. No, I won't. Because now we have kids that can act. Then we didn't. But now we did. Yeah, and well... whenever I look back on movies where old people are playing young people, I'm like, eh. <laughs> That's the best take I've ever heard, Sandro. That's my take. That's my <laughs> so take. Good. We've got good kid actors now. And it's ruined all those old yeah, movies that cast... Before the 1990s, we only had, like, showbiz kids who could, like, tap dance and, like, yeah. <laughs> sing show <laughs> tunes. And then from the 90, 1990s on, we had kids who could act. Yeah, it's true. It's correct. All I'm saying is Kyle... Ma- not Kyle McLaughlin. Um, Macaulay Culkin should have been in this role mm-hmm. if this was made in the 90s. Macaulay Culkin for Paul. That would have been weird. Uh, Francesca Anise plays Lady Jessica. Duke Leto, played by Jürgen Brocknow. Uh, Patrick Stewart's in this. Surprise, surprise. He's Gurney Halleck, only really known for his role on Ex- in the movie Excalibur at this point. He didn't really do too much TV before who, this. Wait, who was this actor? Patrick Stewart, but he, he's grown out his hair for some reason. <laughs> oh my god, his hair was amazing. <laughs> 
Uh, when he got old and had it long in the back. That was yeah. Cool. yeah. He looked like a guy who'd tell you about, like, his pet lizards. <laughs> yes! <laughs> he yes, he does! That's the exact look he had. It's always funny, like, watching early Patrick Stewart, because up until this point, he was, like, an award-winning stage actor for, like, Shakespeare. To see him, like, a proper actor, come to do stupid sci-fi like Dune, it's just amazing. It's great. I hope he gets used to sci-fi real quick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Empress Shaddam the fourth is Jose Ferrer, who, uh, fun fact, in the 50s, the first ever Puerto Rican-born actor and the first ever Hispanic actor to win an Oscar. Oh, wow. What did he win that for? Um, I don't have the movie's name in front of me. This movie? That's great. Yeah. I really didn't like him in the first... He was in, like, two scenes. He was in, like, the first scene and the last scene. And I didn't like him in the first scene. But I loved him in the last scene. Also, in the first scene, he just, like, randomly, dramatically throws off his robe. <laughs> and then, but he doesn't yeah. say anything afterwards. All he does is throw off his robe and stand there for three seconds. Uh, if I was a villain, I would dramatically take off my cloak at almost every opportunity. <laughs> I would have a wardrobe purely for cloaks to be disposed of. No, like... Yeah. I would chuck them into fires dramatically, or I would cut the like rip one in half, you know, to emphasize yeah. a point. That that my cloaks would have their days numbered for sure. You know, you know what's interesting, Zach. Mm. You said if I were a villain, right? Uh huh. The thing is, you can just become a villain. People don't talk about it. But you can just decide I'm going to be a real life villain and then do oh, it. Oh yeah, no. As soon as my cloak kaboom gets finished. <laughs> Then it's it's on. Would you say you're a full full blown podcast villain then, Zach, or anti hero? I'd say I'm or... a I'm a half blown. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't like that, and that's <laughs> no. probably the most villainous thing you've said all night. So you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Kenneth McMillan is Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. He was an Amadeus. He's also the real mean dad in that movie, Reckless, we did at the start mm. of the year that every single film goes back to for some reason. So mm. check out the go. Reckless episode. And then there's a lot of classic Lynch people in here. Freddie Jones is Thufia Howard. He was from The Elephant Man. Uh, Everett McGill is Stilgar. He's from Twin Peaks. Mm. Oh, was he um, flannel shirt guy? The guy from Twin Peaks, Stilgar? Yep, that's him. Ah, oh, thanks for clearing that up, Sandro. No, oh, good. Well, for most of the movie I went, he looks super familiar. Where's he from? Yeah. So, mm. uh, for the Fremen, Chaney is played by Sean Young, who was in Blade Runner, but she's also the villain in Ace mm. Ventura, Pet Detective. And then finally, uh, singer, songwriter, and actor Sting is in this as Fred Rauther. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was one of my favorite performances, to be honest, with Sting. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. He's pretty good. Oh, and Toto did the music, best known for Toto's Africa song, their song. Wait, 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 wait. The the one I miss? The rains down in Africa? Isn't that ironic that he misses the rains down in Africa and then the end of the movie? That's that's what it's all about. Missing the rains down in Dune, am I right? I, I, I wish that would have played, actually. That would have been great. Just at the <laughs> that ending there at the dramatic scene. It cuts the music for a second and just... Dun, 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 dun. Hold the line. Hold the line. Yeah. The quiz arts Hadarak isn't always on time. <laughs> yes. 
All right, you can cut that one. <laughs> nice. That <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll leave that one in. We'll leave, <laughs> no, that one. we're leaving that one in. In fact, now we've made a point of it, we're going to point it out. This is going to come back to haunt me. I'm going to get cancelled in 20 <laughs> years because of it. <laughs> it's not the worst thing you've said on this show. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the most cancellable. <laughs> uh, 52% of Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of 66. It does have a cult following, but among Lynch fans, not among fans of the book, fans of the book prefer a TV miniseries that came out in the early 2000s. Oh, why didn't we watch that then? Because it's four hours long. That, that, that's not too long away from the movie, to be honest. That oh, is just... true. Uh, this cost $40 million. What do you both think it made? Uh, well... Jack, seeing as you're a guest on the show, I'll show you how it's done. I'm going to guess 37 mil. Damn. All right. 51 mil. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Bold. I'm not even going to give you a second uh, choice because, Mm -hmm. Zach, you're so close. Yeah, 35 million. Boom. Boom. Boom it a boom boom. I can't believe it lost money. It bombed. This was a box office disaster. Well, not really. It more just proved to studios that sci-fis don't make money. So, mm. ouch. Which is good. That's great. Let's go through parts of the movie. Do you want to start this up? Do you want to let, let's get this ball rolling, huh? Let's rev the the helicopter engines. Let's get this worm churning. The t- tunnel this this dune. Oh, I'm going to plant a thumper in the ground. We'll start this episode. <laughs> I'm going to start um, walking across the sand arrhythmically and let's uh, get into it. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm, I'm one of those weird navigation space aliens. I'm going to open up my bumhole mouth and let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I got nothing. Let's go. Well, <laughs> yeah, come on, Sandra. Cool. Uh, opens with Princess Irulan. Her opening narration, because she's she opens every chapter of the book, and she's like, "Got spice. It's important. And there's guilds, and there's a planet where the spice comes from, and it's real dry there." So let's let's talk a little bit about the narration. What are your what are your guys' thoughts on the narration? Starting with Jack because he's cool. Oh, thanks, man. Um, <laughs> I liked it. Honestly. No, okay. <laughs> like yeah. it was so cheesy. It was just like mm. that came. I was ready because I haven't seen this movie before, and I was I'd heard that it was panned and stuff like that, but I was willing to give it a chance. And then that came on, and I was immediately like, "Oh, so this is bad." And then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, but like, it was so cheesy, I kind of got into it. When you say narration, do you mean all the stuff that Irulan says? Or like the moments where in between conversation, there will just be a voiceover from a character? So when I say immediately, I knew that I said, I thought, oh, this film's going to be bad. That was re- regarding like Irulan. Yeah. And then yeah. I remember the, f- um, oh, maybe it was with um, Jessica and Yue, uh, was maybe mm-hmm. the first time you hear like jessica's voiceover and mm. i laughed for maybe a minute i think it was <laughs> i think it was 60 seconds but not a second more that was Excellent. laughing um mm. it was it was ridiculous it was so poorly done it's so strange as well from like an audio perspective i like watch a lot of things wearing headphones so i can like pick up on it easier for the voiceovers for some reason it sounds so similar to the actual like mics that they used so when you're not looking at the character's face it almost feels like they are saying that 
to the person. Mm. Like it's not immediately obvious. So yeah, the voiceovers were. There were. Uh, there was. I think one point where I was confused, where I thought a character had said what they were thinking. But other than that, I think it was it was reasonably clear. I'm mm. just gonna throw it out. I was torn between liking it a lot and hating it dr- immensely. <laughs> Those were my two spectrums, and it, it didn't it didn't stop there, because I was okay with the original voiceover just to, to throw you in there. It's a bit of narration, bit of a yeah. Uh, but you know that's look. I'm fine. I'm fine with a little narration at the start. I'll deal. I'll deal. Okay. But the characters having their thoughts, some of them I was okay with. It's like okay, then think this this gives us a bit more information about what's happening. Obviously, it's a way. For the director to easily translate the story, yeah, the like written book yeah. to cinema, but at the same time there are bits where I was like, why, why? Oh, maybe he's the Mawadib. Oh, maybe I don't know. Why did you have to add your thoughts onto the situation? Yeah, Zach, I agree. I also, in general, don't like being reminded that characters have an inner life mm. because. When I'm reminded that characters have a rich inner life that might be just as rich as mine, it takes me out of my, like, narcissistic reveries, and I have to be faced with the Mm. fact that I need to exhibit empathy. Mm. Ah, I hate that. And that pains me. I hate empathy. (laughs) Uh, Disclaimer, just kidding. Or am I? Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag Jack is cancelled party. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Add another one to the list. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I I agree in a way that, like, the problem with that is that it helps you bring into the story by sort of brute force. Yeah, and exactly. And is letting you know that there's more information that they can't really translate to you without doing that. Mm. And I don't know if that's the best way. So... I don't know, though, like, at the same time, though, thinking about that in terms of the opening narration where she explains the world, I think that is much better, though, than just halfway through the movie, a character turning t- to someone and being like, by the way, the spice is the da-da-da-da-da, and it is this and this, and it comes from here. That's that's why I'm saying I'm okay with a bit of narration at the yeah. front, because I hate that way more. I reckon they should have had, like, a, a Goodfellas-style narration. <laughs> All my life, I wanted to be a Kritzak Tadarak. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> Mentats, they could do anything. <laughs> Uh, so the opening uh, scene of the movie is in the Emperor's Palace. By the way, looks incredible. I think it's probably yeah. my favourite set in the movie. It's amazing. Agree, agree. Yeah. I like the sand pits, but yeah, that one was pretty good. Uh, a giant steam train just pulls into the room and it's revealed that there's a giant alien in it. The basics of the scene are there's two houses, House Atreides, House Harkonnen, one's good, one's evil. They're feuding. Uh, the Emperor's planning with Harkonnen to get rid of Atreides because something, something he could take over. Harkonnen's the bad one. The Emperor's with the bad guys. But, but, but how do we know that they're the bad guys? Well, just wait. (laughs) wait You'll find out real soon. (laughs) Just wait until you see them. That's one thing I love about the book, though, is how Frank Herbert really wants you to know that the Baron is evil. And every time he, like portrays him every time he like explains how he looks he's just like he's an ugly fat man with boils on his face (laughs) he is evil (laughs) yeah there's no real like gray areas in this movie at any point 
Um, although, although the traitor bit I liked, uh, but mm. we'll get into that. I mean, that's definitely a more of a grey area, but the, the, like, the good guys are good guys and the bad guys are bad guys and the grey guys are grey. You yep. know, and there's no in between. <laughs> yep. Uh, so the plan is Harkonnen are going to give the planet to the Atreides. Well, the Emperor is going to say that they're going to give the planet over. And then the Atreides are going to go to the planet. And then the Harkonnens are going to come back and take it for themselves and kill mm. all the Atreides. There really is just a lot of planning in the first, like, ten minutes, isn't there? It's a lot of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in the books, it, it takes even longer because you've got the that's happening and then we go to the actual planet and we have them living on this planet for like is it years? Do they live on the planet for like a couple of years? No, I think it's like the one? first couple of days they're there. I mean in the movie, yes, but I I'm pretty sure uh, I thought in the, in the book, books that they stay there almost a year or at least a couple of months. It might be a couple weeks. Yeah, I feel like it's closer to weeks. Okay. Well, look, I remember it being a lot longer than a couple of days, that's for sure. Well, the start of the book is very slow as well, so that could have, mm. yeah, or like not helped with the passage of time. And you were but a, a wee lad of seven years old who was getting this read to him at bedtime over the course of a month, so mm. yeah. Oh, and the oh, oh, another thing we've got to explain: Benny Gesserits are witches. They're all females, and they've got witch powers. They've got the voice, which I love. How in the book. They, it describes the voice as like a beautiful, uh, a beautiful sounding <laughs> voice. It's like a, yeah. it's like a siren song. Uh, Zach demons, <laughs> deep voices, lots of them, demon voice. And that's how David Lynch um, decided. Yep. Hey, look, it's just a different voice, you know. The first one isn't as demonic when they use it originally, and then they go like just very deep for the rest. I don't know. Yeah, it's in not the demonic, book, is, but... isn't it like about like pitching your voice just right? Yeah, there's that as well. Is that in the book where you've got these guns that you can only shoot when your voice is pitched at the right thing? No, I don't remember that at all. Wait, so the weapon? Yeah, no, I didn't remember the weapon. I remember the Atreides had some like combat abilities that were sort of unique. Yeah, that helped. There was also something to do with like. You couldn't fire a las gun at the shields without there being a massive explosion. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. That was a big point of like when Asatreides got overthrown in Arakeen. Um mm. But instead, in the movie, they just had these weird guy in hazmat suits <laughs> throwing <Yeah>. people. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, l- let's talk about those force field suits though because then we cut to then we cut to paul uh he is uh getting ready to leave to um to arrakis or the planet dune uh we got mm. patrick stewart thufi Howard, and um dr yui are all in his room uh and there's a bit of fighting where he has to fight patrick stewart by wearing a see-through Minecraft Steve outfit. <laughs> nah, I was gonna say Roblox. It's definitely yeah. more Roblox-y. You're like a giant rectangle, and then you've just got Roblox arms shooting out from it. Yep. And legs, and then you battle someone like that. It's like, do you remember how, like, the Super Nintendo had, like, some 3D capacity? And, mm-hmm. like, two mm. games used it? It was like that. Yes. <laughs> But it's sort of like see-through, so you yeah. can kind of see. They've got the image of people and they've put it on. It's, yes. Yeah. It's 
Is it the worst effect we've seen this year? I don't know. I think I have a new kink, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm with Jack on yeah. this one. You didn't, you didn't get a little, like, ooh. I've got, like, 1984 David Lynch's Dune shield <laughs> <Yes>. kink. <laughs> and I will not apologize for it. I will not be shamed. <laughs> I like it, okay? Yep. Yep. Um, um, yeah, no, I again, it's like that David Lynch sort of flair that he has on things. It was like it another is. weird sort of aspect. Like, you could say that that's just the effect of the shields, and it's weird how it looks like that, but at least it's consistent, you know? That's what the shields look like. And we don't see them often enough for it to really hurt your eyes either. Yes. Just don't stare at it for too long. That's yeah, you, you see it just often enough to keep, like, the mystique up, and that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how they're going to do it in the new one. It's probably just going to be, like, a suit that fits to you, and this is, like, a slight glow. But aren't they, like, in the book, isn't it, like, an, isn't it kind of like an actual shield that you, like, hold up with your arm? Oh, yeah, 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 it is, it is. So I reckon they'll just, like, halo... Halo 3 or something. Speaking of the fighting, most of the fighting in this movie is pretty good, though. Like, the choreography is pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, mm. It's pretty tense. It's good stuff. Um, also, while all this is happening, Paul is having dreams of the future uh, where he sees someone called Cheney who's saying, I love you! And then also drops of water. Mm. I liked the visions for the most part, but, like, his whole relationship takes up maybe... Uh, five minutes of this film. <laughs> to be fair, it takes up maybe 30 pages of the book as well. That's <laughs> probably at least 10 minutes worthy. I don't That's know. true. Well, the extended cut exists, so if you want more, more romance, you go Exactly, that. and that's what I'm looking for. I want them to discuss sand and how coarse and rough it is. <laughs> I want him to, to use his Mawadib powers to float a pear over to, him, to them and dramatically cut them. <laughs> and the sexual tension to just be wild. I just want to see Paul doing more like domestic tasks throughout yes. the movie on June. Using Maladip powers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that would be that would be amazing. <laughs> he's just like that would... he uh just drinks like the water of life and he's like, Yeah, no, we shouldn't put the washing out yet. It's good. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, storm's it's... coming. I'm gonna make it rain soon. Yeah. <laughs> we can't put the washing out. <laughs> it gets to a point it gets to a point where he's just drinking the water of life because he's addicted. He's like, Oh, <laughs> should we put the washing out today? I don't know, it might not be hot. Let me just take some water mm. Oh yeah, we live on a desert planet. Yeah, it'll be warm, put it <laughs> out there, that'll be fine. I control the weather. I literally do that. We can just put it out when I want to. But isn't the idea that kind of everyone's addicted to the spice and that's why it's such a... Yeah, well, not so much the water of life. The water of life is a poison. The spice... Uh, I guess the spice is also said to be a poison. But the water of life is different. Isn't the spice... Isn't the water of life made out of, like, super concentrated spice? I think so. Oh, yeah, there is a point in the book where he says that they can't leave the planet because they're now addicted to spice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, they are all addicted to spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to have spice and stuff like that. I wonder what drug it would be compared to here. Probably, like, opium. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Great! Is this whole movie just an allegory for the opium trade? Yeah, everybody, if you want to see the future, go have some opium. Uh, alright, well, <laughs> you, you might be asking yourself, what's 
The Water of Life. Really, if you haven't read the book or watched the movie, maybe don't listen to this. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the fact that this movie does just skip over parts, even though it tries to exposition as hard as possible? It skips over parts, and I cannot imagine watching this movie without reading the book first. I can't imagine listening to this episode without knowing, but if you are, good Mm. on you, (laughs) quite Mm. frankly. Good luck, friend. It's so weird, because, like, I could follow the movie... I guess because, like, yeah, obviously we've all read the book. It's followable. But, like, if you haven't read the book, none of it makes sense. It it was almost Mm. like they're doing... They were going, and now we're doing this part that's in the book. Um, Mm. Are you following along? And they, like, tried to put in things to help some people follow along with each part that they were in. But they didn't have all of it, and sometimes bits were confusing. To be fair, though, I would love to erase my memory of this book, get really intoxicated, and then watch this movie. I think that would be fun. That was one of the reviews. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) I just liked watching the Baron fly around. Him floating (laughs) was fun. (laughs) Yes, that was great. That was a great villain moment. He just floats around. That's what he does. (laughs) Do you remember that scene where... It might have been just after they overthrew the Atreides, and there's like yes. this um like a column of like steam or smoke coming up, and he's yep. just like I knew, I knew floating around, just about. cackling evilly for yes. a minute. <laughs> 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 that was great. As he just was... flies around the steam for no great. apparent reason this whatsoever. Guy, this guy's evil. <laughs> Trust so me. Yeah. If you guys haven't got it yet, he's not exactly the the nicest dude. I hated the scene after that, though, but we'll get there. Which one um, was... Oh, yeah. I think I know which one you mean. Uh, yep. There's a whole bunch of stuff about the Benny Gesserit reverend mother comes over and is like, Paul, put your hand in my box. That, ooh. <laughs> Sandro. Sandro. <laughs> uh. Phrasing. Oh, no. Hashtag I am cancelled. Sandro's cancelled now. By the time the cockerel crows three times, you will have cancelled me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so, so... The, the witch, the, the leader of all the witches, which has never explained that she's kind of like the leader mm. of them, comes down and is like, Ayo, stick your hand in a box. It causes you to <laughs> endure excruciating pain. Have fun with that. Oh, that that scene was well done. I like that. Yeah, that was awesome. It was cool and like lynchy in like a good way. Yeah, like with his hands, like flesh burning off. I was like, oh, damn, that looks painful. And that scene is the majority of the new film's trailer as well, which it also looks oh, good, good. In, in the trailer. It's a good scene. That's good to hear. Uh, she also, uh, she's also like, you could be the Kwisatz Haderach, which is the man who drinks the holy, no, what was it called? It's the Chosen One. Yeah, it's the Chosen One. It's the Chosen One, the Messiah, whatever you want to call him. The Quidditch Hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Cumberbatch Hatcherach. <laughs> the Burt <Yep>. Backrack. <laughs> and other names as such. Uh, they're at their place now on Dune, and uh, everything's going haywire because there's all these traps and stuff. They're, fi- they're having huge security breaches, and they don't mm. know why. It's because there's a traitor on board, but we'll get there. It's Dr. Yui. His wife has been kidnapped. Yeah, they never explain that, do they? They no. just mention the wife, and then... He says, oh, my wife, something, something, and then he dies. Yeah, they don't go with, yeah, I loved his backstory and the chapters where you read everything from his perspective in the books. They just cut all that. Yeah, that's kind of the best bit. 
it's really sad because he's probably one of my favorite characters. Yeah, so that's all happening. They're all finding traps in the palace. We cut to House Harkonnen. First time we see that planet. It's like a factory planet. Mm. Uh, the workers have their eyes and ears sewn shut. That was cool. Yep. I think they're like meant to be criminals that have been turned to servants. I don't know. I just feel like um, the Baron just hired them and started styling on them. The Baron in general, though, real evil bloke. He's like, got two nephews. You going to help me out? Oh, great. Now I'm going to tear the nipples off some kid and drink its blood. He's not tearing the nipples off. He teared out the heart plug. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I know that. But it's pretty funny because one of them (laughs) is placed on the nipple. Uh Yeah, but the heart plugs are important because everyone's installed with a heart plug. Like, literally, you just pull on the plug and that's their heart gone. These guys are evil, by the way, just if you didn't realize it yet. He has he has boils on his face that he keeps maintained by his doctor. And his doctor is always like, mm, your face is so beautiful, my baron. I, lo- I love these diseases. Mm. Oh, one of the nephews, I think it, oh, I can't remember which one it is. Um, I think it might be Raban, uh, the nephew that's not important. Mm-hmm. He has a bug in like this like squashing thing. Yes, that's him. And he- yep. <laughs> He squashes the bug and just drinks the blood juice that comes out of the bug. It's it's good stuff. Juice bottle, uh, freshly squeezed. I think that I think they put that in there for like merchandising opportunities. Like, mm. <laughs> you want a life-sized bug that you can squish and drink its juice? Well, Glossy <laughs> <Yeah>. Robbins <laughs> bug juice. Get it now, kids. Freshly squeezed. <laughs> Wink. I want to talk about how the Baron then starts flying around and then drapes himself under a blood shower and then rips this guy's heart plug out and then just, like, collapses on top of him or something. I have no idea what is going on. He's evil. This this scene made me... That scene was, like, also, like, in the book, it was, like, Mm. very, uh, like, implicit what was happening. But in this movie, mm. they just really went for it. <laughs> they were just like, yeah, rips out mm. the heart plug, laughs evilly. Mm. Um, yep. Everyone's there watching. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the book, he's like, yeah, he had like a nice young like male concubine. Oh, yeah, that is in the book. Because it's yes. also, it's it's implied in the book that he, yeah, is, re- is a real mean bloke to kids. <laughs> Yep. And stuff like it, it's quiet, yeah. Like they imply a lot of gross stuff. In the Wait, book. are you saying this guy's evil? Yeah, he's real evil. <laughs> he's bad since when? <laughs> I don't know. He seemed kind of seemed kind of cheery when he I was don't know, when around. he started flying around, cackling after they yeah. discussed their plans to destroy another house, uh. and then had a blood shower and ripped out someone's heart. I, yeah. I was a bit on the fence, but now that you explained he's mean to kids, now now I realize he's evil. I would have referred to him more as a, like, from first seeing him, more of a, like, a, a jolly bloke. <laughs> yeah, he, he likes to laugh a lot, you know. Yeah. He's a big jolly fat man, you know? A bit like Santa. His performance is just the best. I don't know. It's so good. <laughs> so He's great. He's, he does a great job. Yeah. Uh, Paul, Leto, some other guy? Is it Gurney? I don't know. They all go off in a helicopter with Dr. Kynes, who really, really under uh, underdone in this movie. Dr. Kynes, great character yeah. in this movie for one scene. He has this one and, like, the introduction where you meet him, and then... I, there's the third scene where they throw him out to his death. That's it. Yep. That's all he gets. And he's like a big character in the books. He's important. He teaches things. That's what I mean why I think they had way more time in the house. Like, mm. more than a week. 
more than two weeks even. Like, he had time to teach Maladib or Quidditch Cabbage Patch, whatever yeah. his name is, um, how, about all all the Dune stuff, like all the worms and the people there. Yeah, and... but also that takes, like, one conversation. <laughs> yeah, but also it takes one conversation and a voiceover going, is he the one? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wait, so they fly out in the helicopter. Yeah, oh, it's a helicopter, actually, Jack. <laughs> That's what I said. No, you said copped. I said Dune. <laughs> I said Dune. <laughs> I said June. What were you? What were you saying, Jack? Uh, so they fly out in the helicopter. Um, Paul's asking some like really insightful questions. Lee Kynes is like, "Ooh, this kid's got moxie, um, <laughs> desert moxie." And then um, they see some like spice harvesters uh, almost get killed. By, like, one of the big worms. And then Duke Leto is like, oh, man, I'm so angry. Not because we, we lost, like, resources, but because our men were put in unnecessary danger. And then, yeah. then Leek Kynes is like, he's like, despite my, <laughs> despite my like, uh, uh, best instincts, I'm beginning to like this Duke. <laughs> it hurts so much because it's, it's just, it's just, he has more like lines in his head as voiceover that he does out out of character speaking <laughs> yep. to people. I would have yep. loved to see like the Duke or like Paul just flip out and it's like, can you speak? <laughs> can you like express to me what's going on in your head? You always give these knowing looks, and I'm trying to figure out what's happening. It's like you're you you stand there for ten seconds, like you're supposed to be saying something, but you're not. But yeah, they save all those spice harvesters. They say, and I'm pretty sure one of them is David Lynch. I think the guy that was on the comms mm. at the start of that scene. It's like, oh, we're gonna save everyone. I, th- I think, I think, I think that might have been Lynch. That was that was. Oh. Anyway, um, after that. Uh, Paul's in his bedroom, gets attacked by this hunter-seeker thing. Mm. It's this floating needle. That's cool. I like this scene. Although it finishes weirdly. Because here's, here's, here's what happens. So he, he knows it's it's like detectives use movement, so he stays vitally still. But then the housemaid opens the door, and so he, he has to quickly grab it out of the air, otherwise it will kill her. And she's like, oh, thank you for saving me. Ah, oh, here, look, I'll tell you that there's a traitor in the house. You have got to be careful. And then the maid leaves. So why did the maid enter the room in the first place? Was she planning to get almost killed? Was that her original intention entering the room? I don't think she knew that the hunter seeker was there. Anyway, it's a scene that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all, in fact, because even knowing that the traitor is there, they still get backstabbed and it doesn't matter. That's true. Yeah, because then they go in a the the palace goes into lockdown and Leto's like, someone try to kill my son. Someone's trying to kill my son. Let me go away from everybody, including all my bodyguards, by myself. Let's walk down this dark corridor. Oh no, I've been paralyzed. <laughs> oh no, how could this have happened? Maybe I should have stayed with my fully armored guards in lockdown. Hmm. And Dr. Yui's like, haha, I've captured you, but I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to put a poison tooth in your mouth. It's going to give you real bad breath. It'll kill people when you breathe on them. And uh, in return, if you kill the Baron, I'm going to save your, 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 well, not your wife, uh, your Jessica and Paul. Those two. I'll save them. Mm. Then we get my favorite scene. In fact, my favorite mm. quote from the movie. Uh, which is when the Baron is floating over Paul and Jessica, gloating to them. 
that he has come in and taken their palace. Yeah, so by the way, the palace has been taken over by... They attack them. Yeah. They take over the thing. Capture everyone. And the Baron says to Jessica, I want to spit on your head. Just a little spittle (laughs) on your face. Mmm, what a luxury. He's evil. Did, did, Did you know that? Yeah, Jack. Jack, did you know that one? He's actually evil in this movie. You please stop dragging his name through the mud. You have <laughs> sorry, literally sorry, sorry. no I mean, evidence. That, uh, sorry, it's not objective. It's 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 our opinion that he might not be yeah. the greatest person. But you could disagree with that, Jack. It could be interpreted so many different ways. Maybe, you know, there's one person's perspective, there's the other person's perspective, and then there's the truth, you know? Mm. Okay, so the next scene that comes up is when um, Paul... And Jessica are getting taken out in one of the helicopters by, like, Harkonnen's men. And, like, Paul tr- is like, take your hands off my mother. Lady Jessica, in her mind, is like, he's trying to do the voice, but his voice sounds, like, just totally normal. And then he successfully does the voice, and it's a completely different voice. It's like, take your hands off my mother. <laughs> yeah. He goes all Batman. Yeah. It's great. Do you reckon Christian Bale was, like workshopping how he was going to play Batman and then he sat down and watched Dune and he's like, I got it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Except I think he sat down and watched a Dune. Yeah. yeah but yes, you're Dune. right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pronounced Dune. I think we agreed at that at the start. Uh, anyway, moving maybe on. Maybe it is. Leto's in front of the Emperor and he does that thing where he bites down on the tooth and I love this visual because it really is just he bites down and he breathes and it's just like this cloud of green air. <laughs> like, it's not mm. This is a good scene. This is a good scene. It I is like good. It. Yeah, his cheek gets burnt through. Um, and yeah. real, like, Lynchian body horror stuff going on. Um, yeah, that, yeah that was it's cool. good. That whole sequence of, like, the, uh, the Harkonnens invading the palace. I thought that whole se- sequence, apart from, like, the hazmat suit guys throwing people around, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely was. I agree. I like the whole, like, he's still drugged and weary, so he thinks that the guy leaning over him is... Uh, the Baron, and so he, he cracks the tooth too early and blows. It's like very tragic, yeah, sort of like thing in the story. Like it's a very key moment, so that was cool. But he gets the other guy, and the other guy dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Baron leaves the room and is like, "Am I alive? Am I you, soldier? Can you see me? Well, oh, yes, I can see you, sir. I'm alive." <laughs> He's got such a, yeah, joy de vivre. All right, then we enter part two of the movie. I think uh, the quality of the movie does kind of dip a bit in the second half, um, which is more like the final 40 minutes because the opening's actually quite long. So uh, Paul and Jessica, they crash out in the uh, desert. They've got to uh, use a thumper to, like, draw a worm to a particular spot so they can, like, sneak through to get to this mountain of rocks. Mm. Uh, So there's a whole part where they're doing that, but then the worm sees them, chases after them. The worms, do they look good, Jack? I actually actually thought, you know the first time you see the worms eat the, like, spice harvester from the helicopter? Mm. I, th- I liked that. Um, yeah. I feel like half of the scenes with the worms look good and half don't. The ones where it shows the whole worms look terrible. Mm. The ones where you see kind of like the mouth of the worm, I think I thought they were pretty well done. Dude, these worms were awesome. I love the worms. These are this, that, like, the first time a worm is like, oh, opens its mouth and crushes the machine, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah, Hell I just thought, yeah. like, when you see, like, the whole of the worm, like, the tail end two... 
it, that's when yeah. it starts to look like it was shot in the sand pit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they, they really don't do that very much. They only show the heads mostly, which I liked. It was good. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know. I think this sequence, though, was a little bit underwhelming because you're like, they're being chased by a worm and you don't... Mm. I don't know. It felt... Maybe, again, maybe because I've seen the trailer for the new film and this scene is a big part of that trailer. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Yeah, it's 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 very, like, a jump cutty. Oh, yeah. And you can't tell where anybody is because of the jump cuts. It's just cutting back and forth and it means you can't tell where anybody is. And, like, what happened to their original Thumper? Did it show it going towards it? Like, this scene specifically, like, is very vague and jump cutty. Mm. So I don't think it's very good either, but it, it was fine. It was whatever. The worm looked cool, and I lo- I love the sounds of the thumpers. Can I mention that? That I just love the sound. Whatever. Whenever one of those goes douche, 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 you're like, oh shit, a worm's gonna show up now because of this fucking thing. Hell yeah. Yeah. This is where they meet the um the fremen, right? Yeah. They go into some rocks, and the fremen army is there, and they're like, what's up? Hello there, how's it going? This was the biggest disappointment, because that fight with Jamis, where he kind of... Jamis? Jamis? Where he wins uh, over yep. the Fremen, is, like, mm. one of the best bits of the book. Agree. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah, because that's when the book really goes into the action as well. Which, yeah. Sandro, you said it doesn't do much, so it's really good. No, that's one of the only big action sequences in the book. It's that one, and then also a... F- Raid Rautha arena scene like those two are two mm. incredible fights that just aren't in the movie yeah which is a shame I liked though they left that fight out but they kept in the fact that Paul has to have a second name that only the tribe uses thanks for keeping in that information movie that definitely yeah. matters for the movie did they, did they call him Usul in the movie there's one line where they're like we will call you Usul but no one should know that's your name the problem is there's three names now because he's got Mawadib, Usul, and Thing. And in the book, there's plenty of times where you've got this character who's part of the tribe, so they call him Usul because that's their secret name for him. Yeah. But then there's the, the other members of the other tribes, which we don't see ever in these movies, where they're like, hey, what's up, Mawadib? Yeah. And then, then they all have to come together to be like, hey, he's the Cabbage Patch what's of fuck. I wouldn't mind a secret name. Yeah? We could all come up with secret names. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Only only podcasters. <laughs> could, could <laughs> only names say. that you can use when it's us three on a podcast together. <laughs> what, what name would you like, Jack? What, what would be what you would be after? Um, oh, I, I, don't, I feel like it has to be, like, bequeathed upon me. Oh, okay. So we all come up with each other's names? Yeah. Okay, Sandro, you're now Sun Bro. Oh. Because I cool. feel like Usul and Paul, the last two letters have kind of, like, they're the same. Mm. I feel like it's similar-ish. Same, bro. Yep. Mm. So, Zach, mm-hmm. your name, Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Well, why that one, of all things? That's what, that's what came to me. It felt right in the moment, so I didn't question it. I was going to suggest that Zach's name could be El Dogolino, uh, which is Spanish for pug. Oh, I like that. Mm. A dogolino. Uh, a dog willow I mean. dog willow A dog willow Yeah. dog willow I like that. dog willow dog willow I like that. dog willow Indiana dog willow <laughs> That's <laughs> even better. Indiana pug. To be fair, Indiana Jones was named after a dog. Yeah, that's That's true. a fact. 
Yeah. So it's all it all comes full circle. Man, this is synchronicity. If this isn't synchronicity, mm. nothing is. What's Jack's mm. hidden name though? What's Jack's secret Guts. name? Guts. 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 Alright. <laughs> <laughs> that feels right, Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're a man of your guts. Yeah, you follow yeah. your guts. Your guts tell you what you need to know, and you follow them. You're a man of <laughs> if instinct. If only you knew how untrue that was. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. We could call you. We could call you unguts. Unguts. <laughs> unguts. Well, there we go. That's our secret name. So, Sam, bro. What? Are, what Sun, what's Sunbro. 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 Oh, like a sombrero. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, well, I'll tell you what's next, Indiana Doggle. I've forgotten it already. Indiana Doggle Willow. It's not that hard, son, bro. Yeah. Doggle Willow. Just call me Doggle Willow. A dog or Willow. I should write it down. I'm going to put it in the chat. Excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this bit was like the best bit of the book where he fights Jamis, who's a Fremen, and wins, res- wins the respect of the Fremen yeah. because he cries and gives up like precious water. They just ignore that. In the movie, Lady Jessica becomes like the Reverend Mother of the Fremen. Oh yeah, it's 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 two minutes into the tribe, and you're the Reverend Mother. Yeah, know? and then like Paul just immediately hooks up with Charney. Yep, yeah. But also that might be a year later. But also, yep, that just happens <laughs> immediately. I don't know yeah. because it's like she drinks the holy water or whatever it's called. <laughs> What's it called? That I know for a fact that only happens like like once the tribe know and trust them. You know. Um, but pals, that's not my name. Who who are you talking to? I don't know. I don't know who you're talking to if you don't name I'm us. I'm talking to Unguts. Just Unguts. Ah, gotcha. This is the dumbest thing we've ever done. <laughs> we've done a lot of dumb no, things. This is great because we've we've gone through the trials and tribulations of talking about the first <laughs> half of this film, and thus we've been crest with our new names. Yeah. And now we can complete this mission. So she drinks the water to become the Reverend Mother, but. In doing so, she curses <laughs> her unborn daughter, and we see a scene. Does she curse? Of the well, not really. <laughs> but we see brings the the unborn fetus to life. So I feel like that's pretty positive for the fetus. I think that's a. If if I was in that perspective, if I was that fetus, I'd be like, oh, this is actually pretty good for me. I'm a fan of this, actually. Well, in the book, and I think in the sequels, it's confirmed that that, that kid had an awful life and hates everything that happened to it. Yeah. By the way, that child actor, incredible. We'll get to her, but <laughs> that's that sister is the best thing I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. She was the she was the one good child actor that existed before the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't her say was it her saying it or I thought she was voiced over for sure. Yeah, everything she said was voiced over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to make her sound like an adult. Uh okay, well, I guess we're 2 years in the future now cuz Amua Deeb's got an army and they're all training and they're using his word like they are using his name as a word to kill people, because uh, that's what powers their weapons or whatever. Uh, Unguts, un- what did you think of this scene? I hated it. <laughs> Why is that? So it's kind of two reasons. The first reason was, was that it was bad. Yep, that's a fair reason. second reason was that it was not good. Okay. Ah, now I'm starting to understand, yeah. now that you've clarified. <laughs> yeah, it just... Um, Are you describing the scene or the Baron? It was kind of like that in... <laughs> it was kind of like that in the book... But so much happens so quickly, and the charging up the weapons with the, like, 
saying one tip was stupid. It was pretty dumb. It was so <laughs> stupid. No, 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 it was great. See, they normally say Cal Lara or whatever they fucking say because that means like shoot or whatever it is. But when he says the the Dib, that becomes a, a kill word. Ah, he's finally ready. Well, because yeah. that's a big part of the book as well, is that, like, he basically starts a holy war that spreads throughout the galaxy with people killing mm. in his name. This is a cool way to have them literally killing in his name. But they, they mm. don't set that up at all. No, so it's but dumb. then later on when they're <laughs> fighting, they don't yell out his name, which I thought was, like, a key point that they would be, like, yelling out his name. Yeah, uh, exactly. uh, they just say the kill word and then later on we have one of the like troops the bad guy troops who's coming in who's traumatized from the word mawadib but none of them were yelling it they, they were yelling it all before but in combat they didn't yell yeah. it what it was also like kind of you know in like the first season of game of thrones how like they didn't have a budget so they couldn't really give any sense of scale to yeah. like any of the fight scenes or anything like that it, it, it suffered from like a similar problem in that, like, oh yeah, there, there didn't really seem to be any like sense of scale to the planet. It was no, like yeah, yeah, they yeah. were either in a Fremen like stronghold or they're at the pal like at the sand. It's not even necessarily the fights, but I I just felt like I didn't have any sense of scale of the planet. I I I, I liked the big desert shots where they're looking out over the desert, and I felt like this is a planet just of desert sort of thing. I didn't kind of I didn't feel that. But the next, the next scene was, like, Paul and Charney having this, like, pillow talk. He's like, I think I'm gonna, like, trip. <laughs> I think I'm gonna trip hard, babe. <laughs> I can't, I gotta, I gotta have it. He's like, if I don't trip, then the universe is in peril. <laughs> oh, that's pretty much what he does. Yeah, that's pretty much what he does. I, I've used that one before. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the world is gonna be, like... Is, the world is going to end unless you, like, get on the DNT. <laughs> get, get on the opium, as we said. You know. yes. uh, then he's got to ride a sandworm, and it's really awkward. What? I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like it was that bad. It was There was the green screen. There was green screen, yeah. There was a lot of uh, stretching of textures as he, like, crawls up it. Which I also weird. feel like... Um, this was the one bit where I didn't like Kyle McLaughlin's performance. <laughs> was when he was, like, on top of the worm, and he, he, he just kind of moved a bit dorkily. <laughs> yes! He does not look like the saviour of the universe. He's like, oh, wee! I'm riding a worm! Yeah. Whoa! I, whoa! He seems like a worm dweeb. I liked, I liked the, the, like, worm flesh effects, though, and how he's, like, prying it open and stuff. That's very accurate to the books i feel it, yes that was that was true so yeah his mission is to slow down spice production so that uh spice isn't getting out into the universe so he does that uh mm. which captures the guild's attention and then they tell the emperor that he's gonna uh go down there and figure out what's going on because the harkonnens are been a bit slack mm. with all that yeah so while he's preparing to come down to arrakis we then see Kyle McLaughlin drinking the water of life and becoming a god, basically. <laughs> Not the hand of God, but yes. <laughs> he cries blood. <laughs> it's yep. cool. And then all the, the, the like witches like pour blood out of their noses and stuff. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it looked alright. I love I love the trippy effect of him like lying in a pool of space. That, yeah. was, that was great. That was 
the, the one of the most Lynch moments in the movie. Yes, was it was very stuff. David Lynch. That was the, uh, yeah. the David Lynch I was looking for. I was like, yeah, he's one with space now. And uh, so with that done, him now being the most powerful bean to ever been a bean. Bean. He gets the army together and gets ready to take uh, over the universe, basically. Because <laughs> the emperor rocks up to the palace, beheads... Uh, the Baron's nephew that is in charge of the planet, and um, and then the Baron rocks up and it's like, why'd you behead my nephew? And the Emperor's like, you messed up, man. He's like, you made me come down here and behead your nephew. It's pretty gangster. I love that scene. That was really good. And then uh, Paul's sister rocks up with her weird <laughs> voice, and we not only see weird Paul's sister, all her dialogues dubbed over, but we also see. Paul's sister using the Batman voice and it's <laughs> disturbing it's awful, it's, it's terrifying it's amazing it's, it's great because this witch is like what the fuck is this thing, get this abomination out of here, she's like shut up, tell them who I am and then uh, yeah, the final battle starts Paul and the crew rock up they're all riding worms, they rock up, they attack they've got miniguns on top of the worms that they're just blasting Harkonnen soldiers with hell yeah Worm riding! Beep, beep, beep. Oh, she kills the Baron as well. How does that happen, Jack? Mm. I mean, unguts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the movie, what he gets, he gets like thrown out to a worm. <laughs> <laughs> but but he he gets stabbed first with the whatever it's called. Do you you remember the name? Oh, the Jomgabar. The Gomjabar mm. wasn't that the that's the um box. I think the Gomjabar was the needle that she uses with the box. Yeah, yeah, that's the needle. That's the little needle. Or maybe it's the box. I don't know. Anyway, she she stabs him with the little needle finger and then he goes flying off like a deflating balloon into a into the worm's mouth. And it looks fantastic. I guess they didn't plan to do the sequels. They were just like, he's dead in a worm. You're right, the Gomjabat is the needle. Oh, okay. There you go. This battle is so quick for a final battle, which really is the issue with the book as well, is that the final battle's kind of disappointing. Yeah, but... everything... Mm. Like, the, the end game happens in, like, three pages in the book. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do remember as a child being like, oh, is that it? Yeah. Like, that was my exact sort of feeling with it. So I'll I'll definitely agree on those points. Dog or Willow, you're a dog or Willow after my own heart in this regard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure that... That Dogawillow appreciates that unguts. <laughs> this is gratuitous. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is unguts. You might be right, unguts. We could be tracking this bit out a little bit long. Dogawillow, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> we're, we're so close to the end of the movie. Sunbro, <laughs> you're always the realist. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always bring us back on track, Sunbro. I appreciate you, Sunbro. I just like being part of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. So, they've now got control of the palace. Um, Paul's like, yay, we, we won the day. But then Sting is like, hey, I'm musician Sting. I'm finally going to say something. <laughs> Let's fight. And so they fight. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about the steam scene. Where, so we talked about the steam scene where he's like flying around the steam earlier in the movie. But then after that, Sting comes out dressed only in like a crotch guard. <laughs> <laughs> and his uncle is like super creepy about it. Yeah, it was really um like kind of rocky horror. It was. Yes. But yeah, they fight. It's a pretty decent fight. Um Paul kills Sting 
uh, stabs him right up the throat into his head. And then to put just a little emphasis on the whole fact that uh, he won... What does he do again? What, what was it? Oh, he cracks the floor. Oh, he cracks yeah, the floor he cracks open. the entire floor. Which now means that he can do violence without the weirding module thing, the gun thing. So everyone's yeah. like, oh, he really is the most powerful being in the world. Yep. And to prove that point, Jack, how does the movie end? So who's Jack? I think you mean Unguts. And to prove... Let me read. And to prove that fact, Unguts, how does the movie end? Uh, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> nope. And to prove that point, Dogger Willow, how does the movie end? Uh, it's just rain and that's it. Oh, yes. They, it was literally the end of Holes. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just, they just rain and people are like, oh, rain, huh? That's weird. That was silly. Yeah. It was very Disney. Because he's like the hand of God and he's summoning rain as, you know, it's whatever. And the whole thing with Dr. Kynes was he was like, the terraforming of a planet's going to take, like, generations. It's, it's very important. Mm. So they kind of ruined his legacy by just being like, rain. Yeah, they really do take a fat dump on his character. Too. <laughs> it would have oh, been, well. like, the only thing that could have been worse was if, like, the rain started coming down. was just like, do, 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 do. No, I, I think I think I would have enjoyed that actually. Uh, that would have been good. So anyway, that's the movie. I don't know how to rate it, so I'm gonna let you two rate first. Wait, which one of us, Sandro? Which one of us by name should should be? Who's rated? Sandro? Ah shit, Sandro. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, I think Unguts should rate it first. Is an oldie or a goodie, Unguts? Oh man, I really did enjoy it, and for that reason, I'm gonna say goodie. Okay. But I will say this, it's a baddie of a goodie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's a definite thing. And I'm definitely giving the exact same rating. I thoroughly enjoyed just a majority of this movie. I was entranced. It was great. It was. I definitely feel like I should have had some spice before watching the movie. But uh, it, still, it still got me there. It was good. Yeah. I'll give it a goodie. Uh, I, yeah, look, I agree. Um... I kind of want to give it an oldie because you two have given it a goodie and I think someone should have given it an oldie. But you know what? I enjoyed it as well. So I think I will go goodie as well. Like even the parts that he changed, I like how Lynch just went all out weird with like mm. the whole like navigator alien thing and all that stuff. Like it kind mm. of does work. That was one of my favorite bits of the movie was the steersman navigator thingy. I'm going to go goodie as well. But it's like a Supergirl goodie. Mm. It's not good. Mm. It's not a good movie. It's really, it's like entertainment value. Like, if there's like three criteria, which mm-hmm. is like quality, entertainment, whatever. Like, entertainment is the one that's really dragging it across the line. Oh yeah, this is not quality. No, no, no. Aside from maybe the performances, that could be quality. But anyway, um, there are, yeah, obviously a lot of sequels to the books, but uh, there were never any plans to make a sequel out of this movie, because it did bomb real hard. Uh, so now this is the time when we make up our own sequels. My sequel idea, quite simple, uh, really. It's a coming-of-age story uh, focusing on Paul's younger sister. I forget her name. Alia. Um, if, Alia, yeah. Focusing on Alia. Uh, this this young uh, girl, she grows up on the planet Arrakis with these ridiculous powers of having, uh, well, basically being a reverend mother um, and having the voice and glowing eyes and stuff. So, it was, yeah, it's like she's trying to, I don't know, talk to boys, but oh no, whenever she talks, weird stuff happens. 
It's just a sweet little coming of age. What's that movie? Uh, eighth grade. Yeah, eighth grade. It's like eighth grade, but on Dune. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like it. <laughs> Jack, do you have a do you have an idea? Sorry, who who? Are you I'm, I'm abandoning. To? I'm abandoning the names. No, okay. Sandro just said the name of you, and you replied to it. So therefore, the names are gone. Oh, that's <laughs> true. I did. I did. Oops. <laughs> Okay, so I'm just readjusting for life. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Unguts. What, what do you have to say? Okay. I think, in a similar vein, actually, like with Alia, maybe not Alia, but like, you know the Jennifer Garner, Garner movie, um, like Suddenly 30? Or I think it was <laughs> yeah. like 13 going on 30 in some places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like Suddenly Kwisatz Haderach, or like Suddenly Reverend Mother. It's about someone who just like, like a little girl, similar to Alia, who just ingests a huge amount of like the water of life, and then becomes a reverend mother. But it's not like serious; it's wacky. Okay. It's like, yeah, you have all these jokes about the fact that she can kind of see the future. Excellent. That sounds good. Would you that fund it? Good. I mean, I feel like I feel like you're just saying that's good to humor me. So would you fund it? I I would put a solid five dollars down for that one. Okay. I well, feel like I feel like there is a market out there. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to need you to cut all the stuff about uh, the Reverend Mother, maybe make it more of um, like a nun, maybe set it on Earth. Okay. And mm. uh, in Australia, we can cast like Sean McAuliffe as like uh, the dad or something. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that would be, yeah, a good movie. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> we can go to screen Australia, get funding. <laughs> okay. So if we cut all the Reverend Mother stuff, cut all the sci-fi elements, yeah. set it in Australia... Made it really depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we put in some like themes of incest or um, trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think maybe Film Australia would go for it? I think. Yeah. I think. I think Film Australia would definitely go for it. I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> maybe add in some stuff about yeah, like, like the war, like the mums of it or something. Yeah. Like true. Yeah, Probably yeah. some mental illness awareness. And Hugo Weaving's in it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very specific joke to a movie Jack and I saw. <laughs> that's great. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Zach, what's... I mean, Doggo... Uh, yeah, whatever. What's your sequel? <laughs> okay. So, you know that uh, DreamWorks classic, Megamind? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Well, I feel like there's a character that just didn't get enough screen time in this movie, which oh, was no. the Baron, of course. <laughs> he, we we want to see the more of this Baron guy. How he got to where he is now. How this jolly fellow, uh, floating around, laughing, b- bathing in blood, pulling out hearts. How did he get to this point? Why is his face diseased? Well, I want more backstory there. I want to go back to when he's a baby, you know, and follow his life. Um, it's a bit like Megamind, but the opposite, where he has a super privileged life mm. and goes from a good person to um, the Baron. And uh, and it just follows, you know. He's, like, learning about pulling out people's hearts, you know, eating parts of living cows, you know, the classic Baron stuff, but then he's like, hang on, I, are we the baddies? Like, is this, are we the bad? And that's that's when he gets the old slap. No, 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 we're the best. These guys are bad. We got to murder all of them. And he's like, all right. And then he just, you know, sorts of embraces it and uh, mm. just has a good time with it. 
And he, he just fully commits. And then he just bathes in blood and Excellent. does does all the good things. And it's just oh, a nice. it's a nice sort of redemption arc of going from low to even lower. What about a movie where like the Baron gets like loses his like barony? Oh no. And then Tragic. he like and then he's forced to move in with like his parents or something, move back to his hometown. And then mm. maybe he meets like a little kid. And he learns the value of not taking out the heart plug of young male <laughs> concubines. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that means that we have to move on to the next segmente. It's time for for I don't I don't know what June reviews. June reviews. June reviews. It's part of the show where I go from Rotten Tomatoes, grab those juicy, spicy reviews, and I'm like, hey guys, what do you think these idiots rated this? Seeing as there's two people on the show, it will be a battle to see who can guess what a couple of idiots online wrote and rated them. Scores go between 0.5 and 5. I always lose. It's important. This might be the time I win, though, Jack. Haha, watch out. Yeah. Ethan says, really bad movie. Effects a horrible storyline is bad. Wow. What do you think he uh, rated this one, Sandro? Oh, we're going to go with me first. Um, uh, Sun, Sun bro. One. One? All right. Unguts, what do you think? Well, I was also, like, I'm not just copying you, Sun bro. Mm-hmm. I was also mm-hmm. going to say one star. Oh, I just yep. want to put right. that out there. I'd already committed to that. And All right, just jumping on the bandwagon. I get it. Yeah. So two ones. Yep, and that's correct. It's one out of five. There well we done, well done. You didn't fall for the 0.5 trap. Easy points for us right there. There we go. Perfect. Sean says, June is a big piece of shit. <laughs> I love it. Hmm. Took a bit of a turn there, huh? A little bit of a twist. Unguts. What are your thoughts? Unguts? Uh, me? Myself? Yes. Um, I'm and I. say... Three stars. See, the thing with Rotten Tomatoes compared to something Mm. like Letterboxd, for example, the great thing about Letterboxd is that you can rate a movie half a star, but you can like it. Mm. You can... There's, like, an option to like it. That's, like, a love heart next to your review. Mm. So you can say, awful movie, but I like it. With Rotten Tomatoes, you can't do that. So for this review, I'm going to commit to that low rating, though, uh, with the positive coming from the contents of the review itself, and I'm going to stick with one star. It's four out of five. Jack was definitely closer on that one. Yep, nope, he he loved it. Leonardo says, uh, the 5th of the 9th, 2020. 2.5, down the middle. (laughs) Ooh, he's going down the middle, hedging his bets. One star. You're going one star? It's two... Two out of five. Oh, man. That's close. I really don't understand how you didn't get that one. George says, it's like someone is telling you a story, but he really doesn't want you to know what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good review. (laughs) I think that one made me laugh out loud, which is why I put that one in. Unguts, what do you think? 1.5. I'm going to go three, actually. I'm going to go positive. Oh, it's two out of five again. Two out of five. Yeah, yeah. You guys were close. You guys were close. You're getting there. All right. Jared says, this is like a movie for the board gamers that hold themselves up in those weird stories. Yeah. I'll forgive the bad CGI for the 80s, but the dang spice. Stop saying spice. Okay. Yep. (laughs) And if you could explain to me why this movie is like 
is is the movie for board gamers that hold themselves up in those weird stories. If anybody can explain that to me, please message us on anything. I can see what they mean by it's a movie for board gamers. I can like I can see that. I understand that. Can you explain that? Uh, it's like a movie for nerds. I understand yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's basically what they're saying. Is like, yeah, but why didn't they say that? It's the board. Why are they? <laughs> I think this person they... really hates board games. Why does it hate, hate, hate my good friend Unguts and and me? I think perhaps this person is a nerd. Yeah. I think this person is a nerd, and therefore the only people that are nerdier than this person that they can make fun of are people that play board games. Yeah, like board game nerds are the nerds of the nerd world. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Anyway, who's guessing first? Sunbro. Three point five. Uh, two. Two. It is two. It Ooh. is two out of five. Well done. Tenel says, "I love it, and others hate it. I like this fact." Four. Hmm. Why is that? Why is that, Angus? Go go through your four. That other guy that liked it said four. I feel like three... <laughs> that's great, that's great. Wow. No, no, you should jump Three on isn't good enough for, like, someone who really likes it, but yeah, five it. is a lot for a movie this bad. <laughs> yeah, mm. don't disagree. Man, I was going to go four as well. Well, you could always go the same. I'm going four. I'm going four as well. And it's four out of five. You both yeah. got it. Well done. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ben says, uh, you'll probably uh, be repeatedly asking yourself why. Asking yourself why. Ah, uh, two, I think. Ah, uh, one. Ah, uh, it's two out of five. Oh, 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 we're tied. Yes. We're tied at the moment. Well, luckily, we've got one last question that I can pose to you. Jeff says, a masterpiece. Splatty Tomatoes scores is wrong. Do drugs and watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's so glowing. And the drugs really does change it. Um... Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go for it five. He's got five out of five. Because oh. we're tied, I'm gonna go four point five, just so that mm-hmm. we're not the because because I was gonna go five, but I'm gonna go four point mm. five just to make it interesting. Because so like we are anything gonna below tie five, if we both get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, unguts. You've won because <laughs> you're correct. It's five out of five. Yeah. You did it. Yay. And Sandro once again is defeated on his own show. Mostly because he psyched himself out of the last question for the fa- fact of the tie. Well, there we go. That is our episode on Dune. Thank you so much for listening to a very long podcast. <laughs> if you like the show, you can. it's on everything. Uh, we've also got a YouTube channel. If you didn't know that, go ahead and support the YouTube channel if you want. It's very behind. I need to update the the uploads, but whatever. That's all there. Thank you so much for the feedback on episode 100. Uh, I'm glad people liked it. That was a fun episode to do. Very, it took yeah. forever, but it was good stuff. I like that one guest we had on that one. The 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 guy that was like good at questions. He came like second. He was good. Oh, Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, sweet. Uh, there are our socials in the description as well if you want to check those out and our email address is there all the stuff all the all the, the links it's there Jack uh, we're, we're Paul Noodle PhD candidate that's what we do uh, stuff coming soon <laughs> yeah big big things in the works um <laughs> just remember the spice must flow yep <laughs> the spice must flow Zach I believe a decision must now be made Mm. That's, that's yeah. Well, you've got to pick a movie next week, and guess what? There's what? a lot of movies to pick. 
Great. There's a lot of them. So I've just got to... I'm just going to power them out. Yeah. The River. As third in the trilogy of farm-based family dramas. In the... It is in 84. It's about a family who fights to keep their farm from going under. Pass. Too sad. We have Birdie. Two friends... Return from Vietnam War, and one becomes obsessed with becoming a bird. What? Uh, we have the Flamingo Kid, going on from the first one. A boy who takes a summer job at a beach resort and learns the valuable lessons of life. <laughs> uh, Johnny Dangerously, a parody of the 30s gangster movies with Michael Keaton. That actually sounds pretty good. That does sound good. Uh, Mickey and Maud, yeah. Uh, a TV... Reporter falls for a woman he's interviewing, but oops, he's already married. Oh, what a scamp. Ugh. What a scamp. Uh, we have Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, ah. uh, which you may remember we watched Breaking from earlier in the year. It's the it's a breakdance movie, just like that one. Cool. Yes, it came out the same year as the first one. And then we have The Return of Godzilla, a direct sequel to the original Godzilla film. Mm. Uh, it's one of the first movies in the franchise that uses a lot of special effects. So there you go. That's a lot of choices. Uh, yeah. As interested as I am in a kid becoming a bird, it's really between Michael Keaton, Breaking 2, and Godzilla for me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that one. I can't pass up Godzilla, can I? I can't do really? it. What? Breaking 2! Yeah, but like... Breaking 2! I feel like it's it's Electric Boogaloo. We're going to watch it anyway at some point. Oh, okay. Oh, that's tough, actually. It really is tough. tough. It's really up to you. I'd I'd be happy with either of those, I feel. Because I really... Because I I loved the first Breaking movie. It was... It's really good. Honestly, more fun than they had any right to be. So... I do want to watch that sequel, but I I don't I think I would kick myself if I didn't pick a Godzilla movie. Mm, that's fair. So I think I'm gonna have to go Return of Godzilla. Well, we'll watch 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 Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. I think I've used a dot 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 something Electric Boogaloo to yeah. Electric Boogaloo too many times in my life as just like a sequel to anything. Yeah, like it's so iconic, yeah. Star Wars 2, Electric Boogaloo. June 2, Electric <laughs> Boogaloo. It just works. I mean, the sand, the, the, the sandworms are electric, so, you yeah. know. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, we will definitely do Break Into at some point, um, whether it's next year, who knows, but uh, we have to do Godzilla 2. I mean, uh, the return of Godzilla. Dune so. 2, Kwisatz mm. Haderu. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, let's wrap up this very long episode with our favourite quote from the movie. What have you got, Doggerillo? My, uh, my favourite quote is, It is I, Mawadib, the Quidditch Hatterhatch, also known as Paul, and I am the Hand of God. Here, look me split a man in half. A kapowie. Wow, it's a good quote from the movie we just watched. <laughs> That's a great quote. My favourite quote is, I want to spit once in your head. Just a little bit of spittle there on the oh, face. It's a real good. big luxury to me. I'm a bad guy. <laughs> Ah, that's a good quote. I like that quote. That was my second favourite quote. Unguts bring us home. Uh, my one's just a sincere one that I like in the book and I like in the movie. It's just the, the, the um, I must not fear. 
It's like I, I will let the fear pass through me and then yeah, no, will no, but that's a good quote. That's actually a good quote. Yeah, that's actually a good quote. Nah, more like <laughs> I'm, I'm God. Here's some rain. Boom, boom, boom. Ha ha! I be Maladib. That's like a mouse, you see, because I was named after a mouse. Oh yeah, um, hey, don't explain that. And then um, dun 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 starts playing, and it's great. And then it's like, join us next time for Dune Two Quiz at Hadaru. <laughs> <laughs> on Dragon Ball Z. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.